But we want big results in our lives. Sometimes we forget how big things usually start. That first domino or habit has to fall to start the chain reaction. Without the first domino, there are no results. So in this series, we're looking at five habits or dominoes that start us in the motion toward God growing our faith in Him. These habits aren't a formula, but when people tell the story of their faith journey, God shows up over and over through these five catalysts. Last week, we talked about obeying the teachings of Jesus. That to obey God, we start with the habit of regularly engaging with the teachings of Jesus. Knowing what Jesus taught is obviously important, but eventually we need to do what Jesus taught. And to do that, we need to have the habit of engaging with the teachings of Jesus through discussions with others, uh, church online, and reading the scriptures. Now, not only do we tend to forget what the first dominoes or habits are, but now since the pandemic, all of our habits have changed. And so we played the video backwards and we're doing this series to sort of remind us of the first parts of these habits that are critically important now, especially as we're in this pandemic, but also for whenever the pandemic is sort of in the rearview mirror of our lives, that our habits now will impact us then. And if habits like exercise are important for our physical health, how much more important are the habits that impact our spiritual health? Uh, the spiritual habits that we're talking about today and also in this series are habits that everyone can practice, that God can use to help each of us experience Him and then allow Him to develop big faith in us. If you aren't a Jesus follower or you're sort of skeptical, the good news of Jesus is that, uh, that He is open to everyone, that everyone can practice these habits because God wants to have a relationship with everyone. Now, on the surface, it might seem like today's habit is not a habit that you really can do. However, as we'll see, there's an active part, what we can do, and a passive part, what really only God can do. And now the active part might not immediately seem apparent because the passive part is so incredibly significant. Now, today what we're talking about is providential relationships. Uh, providential just simply means to involve God. For people who have experienced God in their lives or whose faith is sort of growing, there seem to be people that God puts in our path, or really that maybe he puts us in their path, that God uses people to help other people in times of need, in just the right moment, or through a difficult season, uh, maybe in a time when no one but God could have known. So question, who is someone in your life that God used to make your faith stronger or bigger? Uh, for me growing up, there are really actually quite a few people to choose from. But one of the early people was a guy in my church named Craig. Uh, Craig was the guy who helped a few of us in our church who were in middle school and high school at the time. Uh, he spent time discussing the scriptures with us. He, he would sort of model for us what a God-honoring man would look like. He, he shared how his faith sort of intersected his mechanic business, and um, then he regularly would meet with us and pray with us as well. And see, the reason Craig was a providential relationship for me was because I grew up almost all of my life without my father. And Craig came during my teenage years when I was really trying to figure out what becoming a man was really all about. And Craig showed me how Christian men can be tough, hardworking men and love others at the same time. Craig shaped my view of Jesus that still impacts me 20 plus years later. It was as if God sort of brought this relationship and several others to intersect my life at a critical point in my life. And that's sort of the passive part, how, how God sort of works behind the scenes using people who are searching for Jesus at just the right time. However, when it comes to Craig, I also had an active part because I could have just said like, I don't have time, Craig, or I have homework to work on, or I can't get up early. I can't get up that early actually, because for a while we actually would meet before school. I could have just prioritized other things, but most times I didn't. And I am so grateful that God sent Craig to sort of intersect my life. 
Who is someone in your life that God used to make your faith stronger or bigger? Who in your life has God possibly used to spark interest in faith or re-examine faith or just to sort of give faith a chance? Uh, For most of us, it goes something like this. I started doing my own thing, and then I met this guy or I met this girl. Uh, Everything was going fine, and then this group invited me, and that invited me that thing. I found out one of my professors was a Christian, and then I got to know that professor. Or I found out my supervisor was a Christian, and then all of a sudden... And sometimes it was maybe just one conversation. Other times it was maybe a series of conversations. For others, it was nothing that they said, but you watched their life, their marriage, their family, their business, and how they conducted themselves. And maybe for you, it seemed as if that person came in your life at just the right time or the right moment, during a difficult season maybe that you were going through. Or maybe in a time when no one but God could have known that. Because when our relationships intersect God's timing, our faith can grow. Uh, But this is a principle, like all principles, that really can work both ways. So what if I asked you a a little bit more of a difficult question? Looking back, were there any relationships that undermined your faith? Uh, Looking back, were there any relationships that actually undermined your faith in God? Maybe that, that wrong kind of relationships really do have the potential to undermine our faith, while the right kind of relationships have the potential to help us grow and strengthen our faith. Or maybe a slightly different but also important question to consider. Have there been any providential relationships that maybe you missed out on because you weren't ready for it or maybe you didn't want it or maybe you just want that in your life at that time? Uh, Maybe you look back on that season now and realize that that relationship, while maybe it was going to be uncomfortable and not fun initially, might have been God intersecting your life to sort of help you to grow. Their relationships and community are powerful. The relationships and community that we have around us really do have the ability to negatively or positively impact our lives, spiritually, morally, financially, career, and sort of on and on. And just like the wrong type of relationships have the potential to undermine our faith, the right type of relationships have the potential to help grow our confidence in God. So what do we sort of do with that? Because not many of us would argue with that. But what do we do? Because by definition, We just can't make providential relationships happen. And while it can seem like we don't have an active role that God just sort of has to do what God is going to do, our point for today is that to engage in community, we start with the habit of being with people searching for Jesus. Let me explain that a little bit. To engage in community just simply means being with or being connected to people who are moving in the same direction or in the direction that you want your life to go. Uh, Being with people searching for Jesus really fits all of us. Uh, First, all of us really need people around us who can help us search for Jesus, whether we are already following him or not. And then second, we can help others search for Jesus, even if they don't realize that is who or what they are searching for. And ideally, we're with both groups of people regularly, that we develop the habit of being around people uh, and being in groups or being with people, taking advantage of opportunities to be with people who are searching for Jesus because maybe they haven't quite found him yet or because they are helping you search for Jesus. That this is important because this is one of the primary catalysts that God uses to grow our faith. Uh, Another reason this is so significant is that we really all have neighbors, coworkers, classmates, friends, and family who probably couldn't care less about our faith. And there are two significant things about that point. Number one, we really need to be aware that we all have opportunities to help those searching for hope, life, and happiness. And then number two, we need to be aware of the opportunities for others really to undermine our faith. That everyday circumstances and events happen 
that really could lead us to wonder if God really is in control. Maybe I can't trust God. Maybe God isn't faithful. Maybe God isn't even really with me. And this past year specifically, there's been plenty of circumstances and people to help push us away from confidence in God. And we all need people, relationships and community around us to help us build confidence in God. And part of my job is to help you and me not miss the opportunities that God may want to use to build confidence in Him. And there are habits and things that we can do to work with our Heavenly Father to create even more opportunities for providential relationships and community. And it could be that God is preparing to sync you with a person or community of people right now. But if you aren't careful, and if I'm not careful, we might miss that opportunity, particularly in this digital season. Uh, It's really possible that many of us could sort of look back on this season uh, when there was some sort of person that came crashing into our life or someone that kept inviting you to church or to that, that, that person, maybe they kept wanting to have a Zoom lunch with you, but you just kept sort of ghosting them or avoiding them or just maybe not replying to them. And perhaps at that time or in this time, God was trying to get a hold of your attention through this relational principle. And you had a choice to make. And you decided maybe on purpose or maybe just through your silence to not engage in that relationship or community. And my goal today is to encourage you to engage in community, not avoid it. And we're going to look at a few passages of scripture that sort of reiterate what our experience already tells us. And when our relationships intersect God's timing, our faith can grow. Uh, we're going to have the Bible app notes. If you want to open up the Bible app, you can go to there, select the more menu options, select events, you can find our church. You also have the verses and notes on the screen. Proverbs chapter 13 says this, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. As a student pastor, this is one of my favorite, maybe most powerful verses to teach students. And this is really more of an observation than a command. And you don't really have to be a Jesus follower or religious person to understand the principle in this verse. The people that are in your life have the potential to impact you, uh, most likely spiritually. And the people that you choose to spend time with, God can also use those people and those relationships in that community to create something good in you. And in this verse, it's actually talking about wisdom. That the people that we choose to surround ourselves with have the potential to impact our lives positively or negatively. And if you choose to live with people, wise people, you can become wise. And if you choose to live with fools, you will eventually suffer harm. It isn't necessarily that you'll become a fool, because that doesn't always happen, right? But you will eventually suffer some sort of harm for being too close to a fool, which as a middle school or high school student is really hard to argue against, right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 uh, verse 33 says it this way, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. And if you're a parent, uncle, aunt, you probably want that hanging, that warning hanging in your kid's room. But as adults, we need this reminder as well that adult relationships can have a negative spiritual impact as well. And again, you don't have to be a religious person to know that relationships have the potential to have a negative impact on us. But God who loves you, cares about you and your character and your morality, and cares about the consequences of the decisions in your life, and cares about you trusting him, having confidence in him, and the way that he wants you to live, that God wants you to be in community with other people moving in the direction of Jesus. Uh, King Solomon also said it this way in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting verse 9. He said, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. That basically when you wash your car, invite someone over to help, right? Verse 10, he says, If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. And Solomon is explaining this principle isn't just sort of a Jewish or Christian principle. It's a life principle. And he says, But when someone falls alone, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. 
Have you ever seen somebody fall in their marriage and maybe there was no one there to pick them up? Maybe because they pushed everyone away who was willing to help or maybe because they just didn't surround themselves with people who valued marriage or, or who could help them in that situation. Have you ever seen somebody fall in their finances and there was really no one, maybe their family, but there was no one else to pick them up after that? Have you ever seen somebody fall maybe with a, an illness uh, or a spouse that got a sickness and, and there was really no one there to help them or to pick them up? Have you ever seen somebody fall maybe morally? Maybe a husband or wife that was pleading for help and there was just no one there to help them up? If you've experienced a situation like that, maybe you don't really need to imagine. But is there a person or a group of people in your life who feels free to ask, are you okay? Who won't accept when I'm fine, won't accept I'm fine as an answer when you really aren't fine? Is there a group of people that if you were to fall in your marriage or with your kids or something else, is there a group of people that could help you up? Uh, chapter of Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And if 2020 didn't already do this, at some point in your life and in my life, we're going to feel overpowered or overwhelmed. And when you feel overwhelmed, you will respond to those circumstances better if you have people or a community with you to help you through the situation. And most of you didn't need me to tell you that, right? You probably already knew that. At some point, we're all going to feel overwhelmed. And everybody needs some support now to avoid the need for life support later. Another version of uh, verse 12 says this, A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. That at some point in our lives, all of our lives, we're going to need other people because of the decisions of someone else or maybe the decisions we made or maybe just things that sort of happen to us. That we all know this, and I, and I probably haven't said anything new to you, and yet not all of us have these relationships or a community of people around us who are searching for Jesus and who can help us search for Jesus. So what obstacle gets in your way of being with people searching for Jesus? Uh, most of us are sort of quick to say that we're just too busy, or our schedules don't line up, and believe me, I really do get that. But if that's you, here's the thing that you're sort of subtly saying that you probably don't even realize that those people who find ways to be in community with other people searching for Jesus are just less busy than I am. Now, you might not actually believe that, but your actions sort of indicate that. That the people who practice the habit of being with people searching for Jesus are just as busy as you are, if not more busy. And the people who practice this habit do so because they understand that these relationships help grow their confidence in God. What obstacle gets in your way of being with people searching for Jesus? If God can use our relationships to grow our faith, then what do we do? What's our part in that equation? And this is the reason that we talk several times a year about small groups, also called life groups, and sort of creating opportunities for relationships to happen. That we can't create providential relationships, only God can do that, but we can create the potential for providential relationships. That we can start the habit of being with people searching for Jesus. And this is why we have life groups or small groups, we think one of the best ways to be intentional about putting ourselves in opportunities for these relationships to happen is through these life groups. If you want to grow in your faith, please don't just sit here on Church Online each week and watch. That's great to do, but we'd encourage you to get in community with other people that are searching for Jesus by joining a group. If you're here and you're just sort of curious or unsure about faith, we're so glad you're here, but we'd encourage you to do more than just watch Church Online. That we try to make our groups accessible for anyone, wherever you might be, in your spiritual journey. That we can't force a providential relationship to happen in your life or really anyone else's life, 
but we can be in the habit of being with people searching for Jesus. So if you are in a life group right now, would you maybe be willing to consider getting in a life group to practice this principle? If so, we'd love for you to head to lnc.org groups to learn more and sign up. For some of us, though, that's not the issue. Getting in a group isn't an issue because we already have a group that helps us search for Jesus. But maybe we aren't helping other people search for Jesus. Maybe for you, it's time to become a providential relationship for someone else. Maybe you have prayed for someone, but you haven't done what's necessary to actually sort of meet with them regularly on Zoom and sort of develop that relationship so that you can help them to follow Jesus. Because for most people who grow in their faith, their faith grows because people decide they were going to do something. And God used those relationships to grow that person's faith. So if you aren't investing in anyone to sort of be a providential relationship for them, would you be willing to? Maybe this is being a life group leader and helping lead a group of people. Maybe this is sort of just scheduling a regular meeting with someone to discuss their spiritual questions or just check in with them or maybe just listen to them. And as we wrap up our time together, I want to try to do just about everything to convince you to intentionally engage a community that just might intersect God's timing in your life or someone else's life. So I come up with three reasons that I think you should do this right now. The first one's God's timing, that you don't know what the future holds, but God does. And he might be telling you right now to get with people that are searching for Jesus. And you might think, oh, well, I can sort of do that later. But you don't see what God may see as coming your way, that you might need a providential relationship for that. Because one of the most heartbreaking parts about being a pastor is talking with people that are going through a crisis and seeing that they need community and they need a group of people around them right now, but they don't have the time to invest in building those relationships because they need it right now or they needed it yesterday. And as someone who cares for you, please heed some advice that you might not be too sure you need right now, but put yourself in situations and opportunities where God might intersect your life with a relationship you had no idea you would need at the time, that you might not feel or see the importance of this right now, but this is about God's timing, not your timing. Number two, preventative maintenance. Engaging in community with people that are searching for Jesus can be like sort of preventative maintenance. And the problem with preventative maintenance is we don't always know the cost of not doing that thing. That you don't always know what you have prevented by doing that. How many car accidents have you not had because you're a good driver? How many fires or water leaks or mold growth have you prevented because you cleaned or you took care of or you fixed a problem before it became a disaster? That we read about this idea of if you have someone with you that can sort of help you if you fall, well, what about the better idea or the better possibility that if you have someone with you, they can keep you from falling? Uh, maybe because they could see something that you couldn't see coming. Maybe God wants to sort of prevent a problem in your life by bringing people into your life to help you with that. And then the last reason that I, that I want you to intentionally engage in community that might just sort of intersect God's timing for you specifically is for those of you who might feel that you aren't growing in your faith right now. And as we said, at the beginning of this pandemic really has changed everything in our lives, including our habits, that some of us have gotten out of some good habits and sort of slipped into some bad habits. Maybe you need to reprioritize your weekly or biweekly meeting that, with your life group or sort of group of friends or other people that are searching for Jesus. Because I've talked to enough people who are stuck in their faith and many times they have stopped engaging in community. And usually it isn't even on purpose. They sort of get busy, kids have stuff, a pandemic happens. <laughs> but this is why we are talking about this right now. That God wants to grow your confidence in him and one of the primary ways he does that is through relationships and community. And, and you probably already know that because God used some of those relationships previously to help you through some difficult situations 
in the past. And the thing about these, ha- this, these habits, specifically this principle about um, following God and, and having people in your life that can help you, is that God created all these. And they're at work all the time, not just during a pandemic. But to engage in community, we start with the habit of being with people searching for Jesus. And the thing about those principles is that they really can work either way. We can either benefit from it and work with it, or we can ignore it and miss it. And if you want to grow in your faith and experience God in your life, then this is one of the habits to create those opportunities in your life. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these passages. Thank you for this principle that we really see in our lives almost every day, that relationships can impact our lives. So God, for those of us who maybe are in the boat right now that we don't necessarily feel the need for this or it just sort of feels like this is an extra thing to do or we're so busy, we have a list of reasons why we maybe shouldn't be intentional about getting in a group of people that are searching for Jesus or joining a life group or just talking to somebody else about our faith. We have a lot of reasons why we shouldn't. God, would you help drive home the point that we really don't know what the future holds, that we don't know how this could impact us to avoid a problem that we don't want to have in our lives. God, would you please help us to do something about this now? Would you help us to heed the wisdom of having people around us that can help us? God, for the other group of people that maybe... um, they know the importance of being in a group, but they aren't exactly sure how to do it or they're not exactly sure what it'll look like. Would you help them to take a step today? Maybe just going to our website and visiting that site, nlnc.org groups, or, or maybe just talking to somebody about their faith or, or just texting somebody or whatever it might be. Would you help them to take a step towards community today? Because God, I can think of so many people that when they took a step away from community or they sort of stiff-armed other people or they pushed back from people helping them, I can think of so many opportunities and so many chances that eventually it led to disaster in their lives. It eventually led to something that they regret and they have to apologize for now. It led to some sort of bad situation in their lives. So God, would you help us to avoid that? Would you help us to create opportunities right now for you to intersect our lives at just the right time that maybe we can't even see? But God, would you help us to take a step today? Would you help us to know what the step is And God, would you give us the courage to actually do it? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.